Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about some of the challenges that accompany becoming a new parent. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Catherine O'Brien. Catherine is a licensed marriage and family therapist, the author of Happy with Baby, Essential Relationship Advice When Partners Become Parents, founder of HappyBaby.com, the California State Co-Coordinator for Postpartum Support International, and she helped establish A Mother's Heart in Sacramento, where mothers with perinatal and anxiety disorders can go to receive support. And she participates in the Sacramento Maternal Mental Health Collaborative. You can reach Catherine at her website, happywithbaby.com, and on social media at happywithbaby. And I'll include those links in the description. Welcome, Catherine. I'm delighted that you could join with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited to be able to talk to you. You are amazing. I was trying to shrink your bio into (laughs) shrinkable, and it's like, but I can't leave this part out, and I can't leave that part out, because you do so many amazing, incredible things, and you are so passionate about this, this journey of becoming a parent and the challenges that come with it. So I'm curious about your story. What, what led you into this field and makes you feel like this is so important? Well, so I was a licensed marriage and family therapist when I got married, when we got pregnant. And I just, I did not put into, I, I guess I did not put much thought looking back now. And I laugh about it now, though it didn't seem funny at the time, right? Like, thought into like really how challenging it was going to be to bring in a baby home. Like that my husband and I have a great relationship. We've been together. We were together quite some time before we had kids. So I thought, how hard could this be? We, you know, we want this baby. <laughs> we're excited about it. You know, we have the means to take care of this baby. And then we brought him home and um, everything seemed to f- seemingly fell apart, right? Like I was so exhausted. We weren't communicating in the ways we always had communicated. Um, I was, you know, frustrated with him. He was frustrated with me. And it just felt like all this like tension and stuff. And I just was like, why was I, how was I unprepared? Like I work with couples all the time. How was I so unprepared that this would be difficult for me too? And then, you know, going to different moms groups and listening to other new moms share their stories. I was like, oh, this isn't just my struggle. This is like a universal struggle. And I just felt like I wanted, I wanted other people to be better prepared than I was. And so that just became my, my passion to like, you know, share tips and tools and, and things that the, the hard way I learned things to help new parents. I love that. I love it on so many different levels. First of all, I'm just thinking about the idea about here you are, you're, you're trained, you have all this education, but boy, there is something about parenting that you can't learn in a book. You kind of have to learn by doing. And yet by putting some of those um, tips and tools into a book, you can help the next, the, the next generation, the next people who are, are, are facing this. And I'm so glad. And you talk a lot about relationships and how that affects. And I had a couple of thoughts on that. One is I have, unfortunately, some friends, they, they, they've been married for a long time, between 20 and 25 years. And it's right about the time when the kids are um, starting to move away to college or work or whatever their situation is. And then all of a sudden, they get divorced. 
because yeah. they had separated themselves sometime along the way yeah. and they were it was the kids that were keeping them together or they were staying together for yeah. the kids and so maintaining that relationship is so so important and years ago i saw a, a thing on social media where this man he was on his third wife and he was complaining about women and said you know what is it about a woman when she has a baby and how she all of her attention is on the baby and she forgets about you and when i read it i thought oh I cannot believe the selfish jerk is, you know, <laughs> he's, you know, marrying a woman, having a baby with her, dumping her. And when my husband, his response was, yeah, that really is hard, but yeah. you just put up with it. And I thought, wait, what? You're sympathizing with the jerk. So then we had to have a conversation about, you yeah. know, maybe I could have done better at right. maintaining the communication. Because man, as a mom, when you have that new little baby who's 100% dependent on you and it takes all your time and yeah. all of your mental and emotional energy, I did not realize that he was taking a back seat because yeah. he took it quietly. Maybe some would have complained more. I don't know. All right. So teach me a little too late <laughs> now, but what could I have done better? Well, you know, you rate everything you just said, I've heard so many times, right? Like, and, and it's like universal in a lot of ways. And so what could you have done better? I don't know that it's all up to you to have done something better, right? So I think that there's the piece right there. Like we have to work together and that's that's my case. Like we need to check in and we need to talk to each other about how we're each feeling because I know as a mom, like, and I was a nursing mom and, you know, formula feeding mom, like I did, all the, you know, the bottles, like all this stuff all the time, right? And it's like, you're touched out. You're like so spent from doing all the stuff it's like the last thing I want to do is now I have to take care of my grown husband I don't want to have to do that either you know yeah. it's also but then he has needs but then I also have needs so how do we make sure that we're each getting our own needs met so that we can then work together as a couple so that then we can be the best partners so I like appreciate in my that book yes keep I talk going about like the three questions and that first question is what am what am I doing to make sure that I'm taking care of myself but then also part of that is like, and then how am I supporting my partner to make sure that they're getting, they're taking, doing things to take care of themselves, right? So then the second question is, and then what am I, what are we doing to make sure that we're connecting with each other? And I think those, those definitely go hand in hand and it's hard to do, it's hard to connect and spend time together if we're not, you know, taking care of ourselves and doing the things that we need to do for ourselves. Like, I mean, maybe periodic, you know, for a short period of time, but not sustainably ongoing. And then the third question is, what am I doing to bond and, you know, connect with my child? And that one, and that is from now until I imagine after they move out of the house. But, you know, like my kids are older now, they're eight and 12. And I, you know, I still want to connect and bond with my kids. And I hope so, because they still like need you. errands and making yeah. them dinner that they don't eat and all those things, you know. So. Yeah, those are pretty normal things <laughs> with parents. So I love those three aspects that you included yourself first. Yes. And sometimes as, as women, we have a tendency yeah. to, to care for all the other people and try to take care of yeah. everybody's needs. And then there is nothing left and yeah. we just, we can fall apart where right. we're just exhausted. So I love that you put that not only on the list, but first. And then yeah. the relationship with your spouse, your husband, it matters. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that 
man that I thought was a jerk and that my husband sympathized with, you you do have to make sure that you maintain the relationship with yeah. him and and that he matters. And then of yeah. course the bond but with the little one. But it's hard to do that, right? Like it's hard to do that. It's hard to give him anything when we're empty. When we don't, you know, you always hear that like you got to fill your cup, you got to put the oxygen mask on. And I know those get overplayed and and self care gets overplayed. But there is a piece of like, what are you doing to keep a sense of yourself and maintain your own needs so that you can put towards this? Because your children depend on it. They need you. You know, it's if you have a better relationship with your partner, it makes things easier, right, for you and for them. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So, do you have some some tips? Because I'm thinking when you're in that spot and you're feeling yeah. so overwhelmed. What kinds of little things can you do to help fill that cup? Mm-hmm. Um, like the little things, right? Because <laughs> it's like the big grand gestures, right? I think are important. Getting a massage, you know, whatever you like to do, go get your hair done, go play basketball with friends, whatever it is, like those are important too. But I also think it's like the little things. It's, uh, you know, making sure if the baby is sleeping and they always say like, oh, sleep you know, when the baby's sleeping and that's hard to do, right? It's hard to turn off our minds. And we think like, oh, we got to do all these chores because the chores are endless. But I think it's, I always tell them like rest just because there are chores and there's always going to be chores and they're going to be there when the baby gets up, but you can still like sit down. You can lay on the couch. I mean, ideally, you know, it's not a screen type activity because that keeps our minds going and stuff, but something that you can kind of unwind to. Maybe you're reading a book or flipping through a magazine. I don't know if people still get magazines, but you know, something like that, but you know, something like that's relaxing or maybe you're coloring in a book or maybe you're doing some stretches or something like that. That's like relaxing and restful for you. Um, it's also, you know, making sure that you're getting some sort of like movement and like activity that doesn't feel like extraneous, but that feels like good to your body. Like I mentioned, like the stretching or maybe going for a walk. And that can be something you do with your baby or your children or whatever. Or you put on some music and you dance around something that like feels good to you. Like that you're like, oh, this, like I like listening to music and putting that on and moving around the house, you know, makes it everything feel better to do like you know cleaning my kitchen is so much better with good music than it is without it you know oh, I know right so, <laughs> you know so like things like that that like feel good to you you know like don't stop doing the things that you enjoy doing and that maybe you're tweaking it a bit because now your children are small but as they get older those things will be easier to do again and do in fuller form and hopefully you know maybe it's something that they'll do with you as they get older which is fun, you know. I love that. And as you're listing these things, not the massage and the playing basketball, those you have to leave the house. But those other things where you think, oh, I have so much to do, but we can have at least five minutes to sit and flip through that magazine. And I love that you mentioned dancing. Like a song lasts maybe three minutes and we have time to listen to a song or to dance to a song. And that gives that energy and that happiness yeah. back in so that you can do the other thing. Yeah. So I think it's, you're right. It's so hard when there's so much to do, but if we can at least take five minutes yeah. during that nap time, that's just for ourselves, right. I think it will benefit everyone. Right. Right. And I was like, I, you know, I encourage, you know, the clients that I work with and, and the new parents I work with, like, 
It's like making those lists of like, if I have five minutes, if I have 15 minutes, if I have 30 or more, you know, like what are the different things I would want to do? Because sometimes we get that time and then we're like, you find yourself like scrolling through your phone on social media and you're like, oh, well, that was, that didn't feel good. And I didn't accomplish anything. You know, sometimes it does, but most of the time the feedback I get is like, that didn't feel good. And I just wasted, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Whereas like, here's my list of things. Like, I know these things make me feel good to do. And here's my little reminder of like, hey, let's do something on here versus something that, you know, depletes me more or, you know, I come out of it feeling worse. So. Wow. I love that. And social medias can sometimes make things feel worse because people put their very best selves out there and you see their you know, highlight reel and what you're living is your blooper reel and you compare those two and then you think, ah, this is hard and it seems like everyone else is doing it so easy and it's not true. It's hard for everyone. There's different kinds of hard. There's different levels of hard depending on lots of variables, but it's hard for everyone. Oh yeah, it totally is. And we all have like the things that are hard for us and then the things that aren't hard for us. And it's, you know, it looks different for everybody. Right. And isn't that wonderful that we have strengths? Sometimes mm-hmm. we forget our strengths because we're comparing our weaknesses to somebody else's strengths, right. but we do right. all have strengths. There's something yes. that we can do well. There's something that we can do. Can we hear some tips again? That that was fantastic. So we're, okay. we're taking care of ourselves yes. and let's work on our communication. What, what are some good things that we can do to help, help our husband not feel lost? Yeah. And abandoned. Uh, well, I think, first of all, it's, um, you know, checking in with each other, like making that time to have that conversation, because I think we can get so busy. And, you know, even as our kids get older, like, we're busy, we have a, a million things to do. We have jobs, we have businesses, we have, you know, meals to cook, we have errands to run, we have places to go, right. And so it's like, unless I'm making like a conscious effort, like, hey, we need to check in on a regular basis, like I know, you know, the time for my husband and I every day seems to be, you know, between dinner and before bedtime and the kids are off, you know, playing or doing something like that's kind of our time that we'll like kind of check in, like, how was your day? Like what's going on? And, you know, kind of go over like, Hey, like, are you still, you know, taking them to this appointment or whatever it is, you know, like these little mini check-ins with each other are like really important, but then also like scheduling those dates and putting them on the calendar which is not always a popular thing to have to be like scheduling a date with your own partner. But I think especially when you have kids, if you don't put it on the calendar, it's not going to happen because like your schedule fills in (laughs) with all the other things if you don't put it on there. So it's like having, you know, I like to say like a regular, like, Hey, this is our, you know, Saturday night dinner date or, you know, a Thursday afternoon, you know, lunch date or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be around a meal, but like something where, Hey, we do this regularly. We know it's going to happen and all we have, you know, decide what we're going to do. And, you know, maybe we have a, you know, a sitter that we have on repeat or whatever, you know, or like, we know this is the time they go to bed. So this is the time, you know, or they're taking their nap and this is the time we like turn off our phones and our, you know, undivided attention with each other. And maybe we try something new. Maybe we, you know, make a meal together. Maybe we, you know, play a game or build a puzzle or whatever that is that we like to do, but we do something together that that we enjoy. Magical. Those simple steps, making it a priority, 
scheduling a time to be able to connect and then scheduling some, a date once a week. If people did that, that would keep the relationship strong and healthy. And then there wouldn't be that situation when the kids move out where people fall apart. And then it would be, yay, now we can do more dates a week. And now we can have more chances to talk and connect and to do things. So brilliant, brilliant. Isn't it funny how simple things sound and yet they're tricky to do? Yes. So it, it takes, and if you're not in the habit of doing it, it can feel awkward and not easy and like you have to like get in the practice of doing it again, you know, because right. I think the thing, I think that one of the reasons we struggled so much is like we had an abundance of time together. Like we had every evening together pr- prior to having a kid. And when our son was first born, like we couldn't even seem to be able to eat dinner <laughs> until like <laughs> eight or nine o'clock at night because it's like. He, you know, we, we had the worst time trying to get him down for bed or whatever. And it'd be like, oh, we're trying to wait to have dinner together. And by the time we're eating, we're starving. And then he's up anyway, you know, he's woken again. And, you know, it's like interrupted. And we just never seemed to have like downtime together. And it was really, really hard. And we weren't used to that because we, before we, we did, we talked all the time and we hung out and we went places and we traveled and we, you know, tried new things and all those and all the stuff. And then it was like, that was all gone. And so we had to like make a conscious effort and figure out how to do this with a baby. (laughs) That's fantastic. It is challenging when your schedule is wrapped around a tiny person. I was talking with my kids, uh, they're grown and some of them Mm -hmm. have kids themselves and and how you're just, you, you think, man, when I get to be an adult, I'm going to be in charge of everything and I'm going to be the boss. And then you have a kid and all of a sudden you're not the boss. You thought you were the boss because your whole world is wrapped around this tiny person and all of their needs. And my son said, yeah, I'll tell my kids when they grow up. Yeah, you already had your turn. You don't get to be the boss anymore. It's like, we didn't realize we were the boss. We just took it all for granted. Isn't that crazy? So things can be super, super challenging when everything is flowing normally. Like we have a normal pregnancy, we have a normal baby, we have normal things. And then on top of that, sometimes things don't go normally. So sometimes they they used to call it baby blues or postpartum depression. And now it has a different name, PMAD, perinatal or postpartum mood and anxiety disorder. So do you have some suggestions? I know I've had friends who dealt with that and it was really hard because then in mm-hmm. addition to your scheduling and all these things that we've talked about, you don't feel good. No, no. Yeah. And so, yeah. So baby blues is it's, there's still baby blues. Right. And the, so that's anything, but it kind of like if people are like, Oh, I just don't feel right. And they're like, Oh, I have the baby blues. Like maybe it's a light depression or whatever, but really baby blues is anything the first two weeks after um, a baby is born. And it's like up to 90% of moms can exhibit some sort of like, you know, it's like the fluctuation in like hormones or they're, they're not really sure, but like, you know, it's, it's a change, but the, the predominant feeling is happiness, but then there'll be like a, a crash and maybe all of a sudden you find yourself weeping or crying or, or whatever, but it's usually, it only lasts up to two weeks postpartum. Okay, so that and would be so considered if, if normal. If you're feeling like you're still feeling like, God, I don't really quite feel myself. Maybe I'm emotional. Maybe I'm kind of angry or, you know, like 
angrier than I should be at my partner. Like that's the one I feel like women will be like, well, I'm not, I'm not mad at my baby. It's just my husband. I'm just so like, have so much anger towards him. Well, then there's probably a little bit more going on besides the fact like he's not doing what you feel like he should be doing. You know, like there's a lot of feeling and emotion or behind it. And so, yeah. So now like postpartum depression, it all falls under like the umbrella of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And that's anything from um, like, and it's prenatal or postpartum anxiety, depression, um, obsessive compulsive disorder. It could be um, post-traumatic stress disorder, but like maybe you've uh, experienced a trauma um, during um, pregnancy or postpartum. And it's, so it's like while you're pregnant and you can have any of these while you're pregnant or up to a year after your baby's born. And, you know, some moms will come to me and their, their baby's like two or three years old and it's like untreated. Like they, and they never got the treatment they need because they kept thinking like, oh, this will go away. Or eventually my baby will sleep and I'll feel better. Or, you know, so, so it's like a, a range of emotions, right? Like there's anxiety, maybe, um, for some women, like, you know, it's not like they're depressed and they can't get out of bed, but maybe like I imagine like kind of like rageful or angry, a lot of anger can kind of sometimes look like um, depression can be depression. Um, and just like it's, and so I was like, tell women, cause they'll be like, Oh, I told my doctor and they told me it was normal. Or I told my friend and they're like, Oh, all, you know, all new moms feel this way. And then they'll be like, but I still don't feel right. And I said, then you're probably, then it's probably not right. Like, you know, like this doesn't feel normal. It's not normal for me, but it doesn't feel normal. Then I always encourage them to continue to look for support until you find until you get it. And there are so many resources out there, like Postpartum Support International, like their website, postpartum.net. They have tons of resources. And, um, you know, I think if, if I say a benefit out of the pandemic, if there's a benefit, is like there are so many more online resources, especially for people that live in more rural areas that didn't have access to, like, therapists. Like, now there's more, you know, therapists all over doing, you know, virtual therapy. And there's, like, you know, online groups and all sorts of stuff. So there are like resources out there. So it's like reach out and find somebody if they're not in your area, hopefully close by or something like that to get the support you need. Because the thing about it is that it's common. Um, it's the number one complication of childbirth is oh, really? um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, but it's also very treatable. And if, you know, like the sooner you can get help, the sooner you can start to feel better. And, you know, and it can look like therapy, it could look like support group, it could maybe, maybe you need medication, maybe you don't, but there's like so many different ways to like treat it and, and work at getting the support that you need. So it's like, don't, like if someone tells you like, oh, it's normal, and you don't feel it's normal, then find somebody that will get you help you find the support that you need. And I think that's, that's a huge piece of it is, um, there's not enough support out there for um, parents. And I think we, I think I see that more. I think it has been um, highlighted now since the pandemic because there's, you know, there was a period of time where there was like nothing. I mean, there was parents that weren't even being able to have people in the delivery room with them. Like it's just not, there's not enough support. Um, like I know here, I live in Sacramento, California. There's a lot of people that like move here and they don't have family support around or whatever. And it's just them and their partner. And they don't have anyone to help them. And, you know, I, I think having a good, strong relationship with your partner is important. 
but it's also so hard for just you and your partner to do all of it, right? Like we need the extra community to support support systems in place. And so it's key to having finding that and how do you develop that and, and increase that. I feel like I'm on all over the place with this because I do get very passionate about this. <laughs> it I is feel like, so, um, so You know, important. people don't want to talk about it, the more and more people do talk about it. And I think that's so important and it's becoming um, – you know, less of a, the taboo that I think there used to be around it. But also I think part of the problem is, you know, we just need more support and we need to reach out to new parents and, and um, like provide more services so that, you know, because it's being a new parent is no joke, <laughs> you know, no, we've no. been doing it forever, but it's not easy by any means. No, it's not. And I appreciate you talking about this today and bringing it up. It's almost like you're giving people permission to mm-hmm. take care of their needs. And mm-hmm. we don't actually need someone else's permission, but sometimes right. we think we do. Right. Because you can get that idea of, oh, this is normal. Oh, you yeah. know, just just toughen up and just yeah. handle it. If you were a real woman, you could do this. Yeah. And it's, well, like, it's like all those other women seem to be doing it. Or then you hear the story of like, oh, this woman bounced back after six weeks postpartum and she's got the body back and she's back up, you know, like makes it look easy. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, what is wrong with me? Like, I was watching a show recently, and there was a storyline around that, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I hope no new moms are watching this. You know, like, I was just, like, just, like, cringing inside, because I'm like, I hope no new moms are watching this, because that is not... So was the message of the story the bounce no, back No, it was, thing, like, it was like the... a side story or whatever, but it was like, oh, this mom, like, you know, her body bounced back, and I was like, oh, you look so wonderful, you make having a baby look so easy, and, you know, she was, you know, ready and happy and going back to work and all this stuff, and it was like... And, you know, it's not easy and it's, and it's, and it is challenging. And I think more difficult than sometimes the stories that we hear are, and, and what do you need? You know, what kind of support do you need to make it better for you? Okay. So I like that. So let's go back to someone comes up with a question and says, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time. This is so hard. And when we say, oh, that's normal. I think what we're meaning is you are not crazy. You are yes. not whatever. <laughs> yeah. You, you're, you're, you've now joined this community yeah. of people who are doing hard, but wonderful yeah. things. So if, if someone's going to take that response and think, oh, that means I'm supposed to handle it. Maybe yeah. we could say, oh, this is normal, but is there, you know, some support that you need or yeah. how are you feeling or what, what would what would be a yeah. good question, a follow up like, question? Like, or... What is the hard? You're like what are what are what's the hardest part for you? Oh, I like that. You know what what are you? What's the hardest struggle for you? And it's like, oh my gosh, like I just can't seem to get any sleep, or I can't seem to get a grasp of any of the chores I have on my list, or like I just like miss going out on dates with my partner. I don't know what it. And then it's like, and then if they tell me, and I get a sense of them, be like, well, what if I came over and I watched your baby? why you guys went out on a date or you know what like I would love to come over and why you take a nap with a baby I want to like I'll do your dishes for you you know like because I feel like it's so hard for someone to say like can you do this for me like right. people don't want to say that but if you can get go hey this is what I'm this is what I'm willing to do so I'm going to now offer you what I'm what I have in my schedule to do and what I'm capable of doing and maybe what a strength is for me, you know, I want to help you out. Then let's, let me help you out in some way. Or why don't you come over and rest at my house so you don't have to go. So you don't have to look at, you know, the house that's in a disarray or whatever, you know, like let me come make you lunch and you can rest here or whatever. Why I take care of things for a little bit or whatever it is, you know, like 
give them options, give them, you know, solutions and, and provide that support. Cause I think that's really what we, we need. We need to be like seen. We need to feel supported and, and feel like we're not in this by ourselves either. And I think when you just asking those questions helps somebody to yeah. be able to be seen and yeah. then your compassionate responses of, of where can I reach in? And I love the idea of offering, you know, this is what I'm available to give yeah. because we also maybe don't have time to take care yeah. of everybody's needs. And so, but maybe in addition to those wonderful things, say, yeah. and there are online resources and did you know, yeah. and, and here's a place that you can turn to and yeah. here's something that you can do. So all yeah. of those things are fantastic. I know when I was holding a little one and I was at church and my babies, you know, I'm, I'm tired and frustrated and all the things. Yeah. There were different ways that people would ask that I responded differently to. Yeah. So one person would say, do you want me to hold your baby? And in my mind, that meant, you think I can't handle this? And yes. so it, and so you think I need a break? No, I got this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, I'm fine. But I didn't answer snottily, but I might have yeah. thought something snotty yeah, in my yeah. head. <laughs> but like, I'm like, no, no, right no, <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. But when someone would come up and say, oh, can I hold your baby for a minute? Yeah. Then I thought, oh, I am doing you a favor because yes, you love yes. my baby. <laughs> and it's not because, you know, you want to feel that yeah. warm, sweet softness and, yeah. and look at that sweet little face. And it's not that you think that I am yeah. incompetent. Yeah. And it is such a simple little twist of yeah. things. But I have noticed that the way that it's presented did make a difference to me. Hopefully it, now I would be able to handle it either way. But at the time, you know. Well, it depends on how tired you are. I think how well we can handle certain Yeah, things. that's true. I can get tired every day. Um, but because I, I think the thing, I think that's key. Like no new parent or no parent in general, right? Like I have a few years under my belt now. I don't want anyone ever to say something in a way that makes me feel like you think I'm not doing a good job as a parent or you think I can't handle it. Exactly. And I think especially as a new parent, you're, I mean, you're on a minute by minute, you're learning something new, you know? So it's like, and then you're, uh, you're looking at me acting as if I'm not handling things well, or you're the way you question or the way you're asking me something makes me think that you think I'm not handling it well, you know, which is really, really hard. So. Right. So as a person who's trying to offer support, we need yeah. to be a little bit careful and make sure that we are validating and yes. supporting and empowering rather right. than enabling or making someone feel like they are not good enough. Yeah. So all of these points are so good. And I appreciate what you're doing so much because parenting matters yeah. and how a child feels at the beginning yeah. determines whether they feel like the world is safe or if it's mm -hmm. dangerous. And boy, we need kids that start out feeling safe yeah. because there are lots of reasons for us to feel like it's not safe. Right. So to have right. that firm, loving start is so important. And I appreciate all the awesome yeah. things that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for visiting with me today. Thank you so much again for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by actress Drew Barrymore. She said, I didn't have postpartum depression the first time, so I didn't understand it because I was like, I feel great. The second time I was like, oh, whoa, I see what people talk about now. I understand. It's a different type of overwhelming with the second one, and I really got under the cloud. If you're struggling with PMAD or any of the challenges of becoming a new parent, know that you're not alone. And there are things that you can do to find peace, confidence, joy, and help in this grand adventure 
called parenting. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Linda's Corner Podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. Your input matters and helps us be able to reach new listeners. Also, you can reach us at our website, lindascornerpodcast.com and on social media at Linda's Corner Podcast. Thank you. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thank you.